Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson, Director of Communications at the Michigan Department of Transportation. Tuesday, Michigan hosted an event to mark National Work Zone Awareness Week. The event featured Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and many other advocates for protecting the men and women who work on our roads. Among the speakers was Stephanie Boylo, who is the County Highway Engineer for the Chippewa County Road Commission, and she's also president of the Michigan chapter of the American Traffic Safety Services Association. She talked about the need for lawmakers to focus more on policies that protect workers. Uh, Stephanie, thank you for for participating Tuesday and, and for taking the time to talk now. Um, could you just talk a little bit about your background because clearly you've uh, been in private industry and been in the public sector and you have uh, a perspective gained from multitude uh, jobs. Yeah, um, so I got my bachelor's of um, science and civil engineering at Wayne State University and um, I jumped right in to a consulting engineering firm in Metro Detroit. Um, after working for a few years there, um, I went over to the west side of the state and worked for a consulting um, geotechnical firm in Muskegon. And then um, now I am up in Sault Ste. Marie um, with the county working for public. So I first got involved with ATSA um, after experiencing two um, separate fatality events while doing road work. And um, I saw the response that happened in the field. I saw um, the response that happened in the courtroom and also dealing with the the changes that have to take place like both at a cultural level and at a corporate policy level. These were co-workers, colleagues of yours? Um, yes, one was a fellow co-worker. Um, he was struck and killed during a flagging operation um, up in the Bay City area. Um, near Bad X, and the other um, was a traffic control subcontractor. He was the owner of a traffic control company, and he was somebody that I really considered to be my mentor for traffic control um, in this industry, like especially as a young woman. Um, it's pretty rare to find, you know, male mentors that will take you under their wing and, and really help you and help you grow. Kevin was one of them. And so I learned a lot about traffic control from him. And after about three, maybe four years of working together, um, he was struck and killed down in Indiana. And so I took a look around and I was like, hey, this is this is a problem. Dealing with the fallout from that is not is not fun. And so both, so, both these cases, they were I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to set, yeah. set, set the scene if I can. These were people working in active construction zones and, and, and drivers who were distracted or speeding or both that, that hit them? Correct. Um, so in the first case, the work zone was already set up and a impaired and distracted driver um, struck and killed the flagger. In the second case, um, they were setting up a work zone. So nobody was was working in the road, in the road yet. They were still um, putting up signage and cones and that kind of thing. Again, an impaired speeding driver struck and um, killed them from behind. So we heard um, a similarly compelling story from 
Leslie Fonzie Lynch, who is the mother of Brandon Sachalski, who is a private contractor, uh, employed road worker who was actually hit by a flatbed tow truck in a work zone in 2017. And after a number of surgeries and stays in the hospital, um, some ups and downs, and they, they thought, you know, after losing a leg that he was going to make it, um, and he died in 2020. Um, cool. Let's hear a little bit of what Leslie had to say Tuesday. Heroes have 12 central traits, which are bravery, conviction, courage, determination, helpful, honesty, moral integrity, protective, self-sacrifice, selflessness, inspirational, and strength. My son Brandon had all of these qualities. So, you know, hearing her story, bringing bringing back uh, what, what you went through with your coworkers and the reasons that, are, that have motivated you to get, you know, very involved with this and uh, to, to be an advocate, you talked uh, kind of pointedly about uh, contacting lawmakers, the chairs of the various transportation committees in Michigan and uh, the administration. And, and what, what do you think we need to talk about in terms of policies and, and laws to further protect road workers? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of, of different angles we can go about this. Um, you know, obviously with ATSA, we have very um, specific things that we are pushing for. You know, we are, one of the big ones is work zone education content to driver's ed curriculums. That's something that's not really covered in this state or in, I believe, any other state. Um, it's not, you know, one of the, the core things they have to go through. They're not required to have a certain number of hours driving through work zones and understanding how to navigate them or what the rules are. As far as you know, they're not required at all to even even take a student driver through a work zone just to just to get some instruction on how to drive through. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it is not part of the, the test either. That seems doable. Yeah. Yeah. Very. And um I mean that's that's pretty that's a pretty easy way to, to start educating people. One of the other things is you know budgetary changes, accommodating law enforcement presence in work zones. That's something um, we're we're looking at having specially allocated federal dollars, so that way we're not pulling from other pots. We're not pulling from transportation design or maintenance funding or education or whatever other money they like to shuffle around in the state having a specially federally allocated budget for law enforcement and work zones. And then kind of the, the sister to that is going to be making sure that, you know, penalties are enforced for work zone intrusion crashes. Right now, I believe the last several fatalities that we've had in the past five years um, have, you know, the drivers that struck and killed the workers were not really receiving the sentences that are put on the signs, right? So we have um, injured kill worker, 15 years and a $7,500 fine. Those signs were put up due to the effort of Andy Lefko's mother, Diane, who worked really hard with Governor Angler to get, to get those signage enforced, right? But now we're at the point where even when a driver is deemed to be extremely grossly negligent, impaired, distracted, speeding far above that 45 mile an hour limit, 
through work zones, um, they're not they're not really getting a sentence that matches what that sign says. So we need prosecution on board as well. So do you think that I mean, not every case is different, obviously, but do you get the feeling that it's it's not enough uh, diligence by the prosecutors or is it often you know, when it gets to the sentencing phase and how, how a judge makes a decision. I guess I don't have enough experience in the legal realm, fortunately, <laughs> to yeah. um, identify that. Um, so maybe it is a little bit unfair to pick directly on the prosecution. But the ju- judicial system as a whole, you know, I think if someone is deemed to be grossly negligent, impaired, massively speeding, you know, that we can show that poor choices were made, repetitive poor choices were made then we need to come down on that. Because right now it's kind of setting this example that those signs don't matter. And I, and I think Leslie um, touched on that in her speech, you know, saying, what the heck, like we have all these signs up and, and you're not gonna do anything about it. Um, that just sets a, an example to everyone else that it doesn't matter. So have you heard any feedback from the, uh, the lawmakers and the committee chairs who you've contacted yet, or is it? Is it too soon? Um, It is an ongoing process. Um, One of my goals as the new president of the Michigan chapter was to increase our visibility both throughout the industry and and have, you know, our fellow construction workers understanding that they have advocates in the state that care about their safety and are doing something to improve their safety on the roads. And the other was to get in front of our our lawmakers, our decision makers, and educate them about how, you know, even though we're getting all this funding in for infrastructure, you know, we need to be making sure that we're doing this in a smart way, in a safe way, um, and that we're not exposing our our labor pool to, you know, unreasonable or increased risk. Well, at the national level, your organization, ATSA, obviously is lobbying for all kinds of safety initiatives and should have a willing ear and the new secretary pete Buttigieg, judge who as you know has uh, put a, a real emphasis on safety is i mean that says about safety overall traffic safety you know uh, on every level but do you feel like uh like it's something that you're getting support from the national national organization on and, and putting this kind of special emphasis on work zones oh 100 so as you touched on, right, the ATSA's overwhelming goal is traffic safety in every regard, pedestrians, bikes, um, the motoring public. How do we integrate the new autonomous vehicle technologies onto our existing road systems? How do we update our existing road systems to reflect that autonomous vehicle? But work zones are a really critical part of that, and that's definitely one of the areas where we could see the most um, improvement. I mean, from 2018 to 2019 alone, our worker fatalities increased across the United States by 9%. Um, and the data is not out for 2020 yet, but we have been getting some er- like preliminary reports back that distracted driving, impaired driving, high-speed driving, just general driver bad behavior um, increased massively over 2020. Yeah, it's... it's um well documented and uh, the state police and other law enforcement agencies are are baffled really. I mean, there's a lot of different theories. Uh, some people think obviously that the biggest one is just that there was there were fewer cars on the road and it just seemed like a big old wide open road. And we know that 
you know, when you have wider lanes and more capacity, people go faster. But it seems like there must have been more going on than that because um, the, the, it created bad habits and some of those high speeds are are continuing even as traffic returns. Um, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a tremendous concern. And uh, I, you know, I, I just continue to question. I mean, it's a pandemic. Why is everybody in such a hurry? I, I can't <laughs> figure it out. And you see it firsthand in the work zones. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. So. Yeah, and maybe part of that's frustration, and that's what some some troopers I've talked with have speculated on that too. That's just, uh, you know, angst, stress, frustration, and people drive faster. But I, I guess what what would you you'd like to see better enforcement? It's not so much your your thinking that it's that the the laws that that assess the penalties for uh, being cited for driving in a work zone and especially injuring or killing a worker, but are, are there any other specific policies besides the, the driver's ed component, which seems very practical to me, uh, that you would be advocating for? You know, the, there, there's, two, there's two problems with work zone safety, the way I see it. There's internal issues and there's external issues. So internal is what goes on within our industry, the culture, the behavior, the means and methods we deploy. And then there's the external, which is the traveling public. And there's a lot of things we can do to help, right? Like the increased law enforcement, the driver's education. We could do things like, you know, the automated speed enforcement cameras and work zones like Pennsylvania does. Um, however, that's a really hot button issue. There's been several states, um, most notably Texas and Wisconsin, that have declared those unconstitutional in their states. Um, so the cameras are kind of a, a trigger point for, for many people, um, and that may not ever get passed in this state. So that's those are things that we can do for external, um, for the public. However, we're kind of in this unique situation where, unlike a lot of the other dangerous industries out there, like manufacturing and um, steelworking and roofing and oil and gas, right? Like the public isn't allowed to just run willy-nilly through those facilities. So we always have kind of this unpredictable driver behavior in the equation, but there there are things that we need to be doing better internally, right? We need to have consistent work zones. We need to, um, you know, balance out mobility versus safety. Do you we feel like that balance has swung too far toward mobility? You know, when you're restricted nine to three, <laughs> Um, your job drags out longer or your option is to work at night. And then there's all the, the issues with night work, right? Drivers have increased speed because there's less people on the road. Impaired driving or tired driving is more likely to go up. You also have the effects it has on the, on the road workers, right? We're all off schedule. We're shifting hours of work. There, there are issues associated with, um, with that, but I also understand there's an economic cost. You know, we're not going to shut down every single road like we did with I-96 through Livonia and Redford <laughs> for every project. That's just not feasible. Bringing that that balance a little back to center would definitely be appreciated. The other thing is that you know traffic control, like everything else um, in this industry, is a is is low bid. Right. There's no incentive to be trying new technologies. There's no incentive to be more safe or better. And then when there's issues, there's there's no um, there's no enforcement. I mean, MDOT doesn't have any teeth. 
you know, there's no other other way to say, hey, this is this is messed up and it's causing a bad situation or. Well, those are things that, you know, are are are, are discussions for the legislature because these do involve, you know, laws and, and mm-hmm. the low bid component is is something that uh, that they can talk about. So those are those are all good thoughts. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're out there uh, banging the drum on this. And uh, I want to say again, I think your your comments on on Tuesday were very poignant and fit in well uh, with the other speakers. Um, I think uh, we'll have to talk again sometime uh, for now. Um, I just want to say thanks for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. And to, to close uh, this week's edition, uh, we're going to hear what MDOT Director Paul Adjiba, then Governor Whitmer, had to say at Tuesday's event. The sobering reality is that we still have a lot of work to do. However, with the help and attention of workers and road users, MDOT and Michigan's highway construction industry, we can reduce and eliminate work zone debts as drivers we can still help by slowing down and keeping a safe distance between vehicles, minimizing distractions and staying alert, obeying road walkers and all signs, watching for slowdowns and sudden stops, avoiding work zones when possible and checking routes before leaving home, and be patient and calm. That's what today is really about, to see the humanity in one another, to remember we're all people, and the men and women who are on these construction sites have families and friends and loved ones who wait for them to get home at the end of the day. This is not a hassle. This is not an obstruction. This is a workplace where there are men and women who have loved ones and lives, and that's what today is really all about. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.